Before we open up God's word together today, let's, um, let's spend some time in prayer. Good morning, Father, Son, and, and Holy Spirit. Your word says that you are seeking a people who will worship you in spirit and in truth, and we long to be that people. We read in your word that you are love, and we praise you because you are love. And that, Father, you planned out our salvation. Thank you that, Jesus, you were willing to carry out that plan even when it involved going to the cross and dying for us and rising. Thank you. Holy Spirit, thank you for moving in to make it all possible. As we worship you today, may you fill us anew with your love so that as we leave here, Jesus, we love you more than when we came and, and that we would follow you this week. Oh, that we would love one another more, starting with our family. It's so hard. We're, we're spending more time together than the past. Help us to love one another. It's not easy. We need you. And, and Lord, help us to love one another in our small group and church because you said that the world would know that we're your disciples by the love we have for one another. Help us to love one another in these stressful times. And Lord, fill us up with your love so that we might go out and, and love the lost this week, that we might love those whom you love so much. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, surfing, man. One of the greatest things I've ever done in, a lot, in life is surfing. Uh, I love to surf. There's nothing quite like taking an off on a big wave and, and catching the wave and experiencing that power. And man, it is so good, isn't it? Those of you who surf, you know, right? <clears throat> but it's important to, for you to know that surfers don't make waves. And surfers don't make the waves. What surfers do is they paddle out and they look and they look at waves. And when they see waves coming, they catch the waves. They harness all that power and they catch the waves, but they don't make them. And that's a lot of what it's like to be a disciple of Jesus. We've been learning that disciples, disciples are followers of Jesus. And what disciples really do is they look. They look for what Jesus is doing in the world and then they join him. Matter of fact, Jesus join, invites us to join him in what he's doing in the world. Jesus isn't waiting for us to give him instructions. Jesus is at work in the world and he invites us to join him. He invites us to join him in making disciples here and around the world. And when we do, what he promises us is that we'll be blessed and a blessing. When we join Jesus in making disciples around the world, we will be blessed and a blessing. That's the point of the message today. That's what we're going to learn, blessed and a blessing. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Genesis chapter 12. If you're new, welcome if you've been with us this year, we've been walking through the book of Genesis. It explains how the story begins. And the more we understand how the story begins, the more we understand the story of the Bible. We've seen some of the great characters of the Bible so far, Adam and Eve and Noah. And now we get to Abram that we know as Abraham. Genesis has 50 chapters. 13 of them are about Abraham. He's one of the main characters of this book. And we're going to start reading in Genesis 12, verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, 
Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. And I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. So Abram went forth as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his nephew, and all their possessions which they had accumulated and the persons which they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan. Thus they came to the land of Canaan. Abram passed through the land as far as the site of Shechem to the oak of Morah, now the Canaanite was then in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. Then he proceeded from there to the mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and he called upon the name of the Lord. Abram journeyed on, continuing toward the Negev. Now, in so many churches, this is preached in what I would call a very moralistic way. The passage is read, and then people are taught, be like Abram, be like Abram. But I want you to know that good news loves the gospel. We love the gospel. And so the way we see it is Abram isn't the main character of the story. Jesus is. You see, the, the story of the whole Bible is the gospel, and Jesus is always the main character of every story because every story is pointing to Jesus. The one story of the Bible is the gospel that Jesus seeks and saves the lost, and that's the story here. Jesus seeks Abram. Abram isn't seeking Jesus. Jesus is seeking Abram. And Jesus saves Abram just like he does us. Abram doesn't save himself. Jesus saves him. And listen, Jesus invites Abram to join him, to join him in bringing salvation to the nations. Jesus is moving and he invites Abram to be a part. And when Adam, Abram says, well, why? Jesus says, because you'll be blessed and a blessing. It's true with us too. Jesus invites us to join him, to be a part of what he's doing in the world. And his promise to us is if we'll join him, we'll be blessed and a blessing. Let's unpack this a little bit. We start with the man Abram, Abram, and we know him as Abraham. And, and a few facts about him. He's the son of Terah. Where he's from is the Ur of Chaldees, Ur of Chaldees, the date uh, Abraham is about 2000 BC, so he was about a little over 4,000 years ago. And the age when this story begins, he's 75. So if some of you think, you know, your best days are behind you, listen, that's when this story begins, when Abraham, Abram is 75. You might say, well, where is Ur of the Chaldees? Here's a map. If you look down by the Persian Gulf, you, at the very bottom of that line, that's Ur. And that's where Terah, or where Abraham was born. But with his father, Terah, he had already journeyed from Ur up to Haran. Haran is at the very top. This story begins in Haran. And as Abram follows the Lord, he's moving down toward Canaan, down toward the promised land. So God's call to Abram. 
God's call to Abram was to go forth from your country, leave your country and from your relatives and from your father's house. Now, Abram, I want you to leave your country. I want you to leave your your family, everything you're comfortable with. And, And where are we going, God? And he says, to the land which I will show you. And isn't that just how Jesus calls us, isn't it? Doesn't Jesus call us saying, follow me, follow me? And and we say, well, where are we going? And he says, follow me and I'll show you, right? So I want you to see the promise, the promise that that God made to Abraham and to us if if we would follow him. This um, This is the covenant that God establishes with Abraham. Now, a covenant is a binding promise, a binding agreement. So here's the covenant. It's the covenant of grace that we're a part of. And this covenant, this promise has two lines, a top line and a bottom line, and they're both important. What do I mean a top line? The top line is, I will bless you. And the bottom line is, and so you shall be a blessing. Both the top promise and the bottom promise, they're both important. Let's explore the top one a little bit. I will bless you. Right above that, he says, to the land. He promises to give Abram a land, a land here on earth, the promised land. But that land was a picture It was a picture of the new earth, a permanent land, a place where he could dwell forever. Listen, a temporary land, a permanent land, it's really a picture of salvation. He was promising him salvation in us. Notice as well, part of the blessing would be, I will make you a great nation. (laughs) Quite a promise. Abram was 75 years old and had no children. but, But God said, listen, if you follow me, I'll make you a great nation. And then he says, and make your name great. I will make your name great. Now, remember a few weeks ago in chapter 11 of Genesis, the people in Babylon, they were, they were trying to make a name for themselves by building a tower. Here, God says to Abram, if you'll follow me, I'll make your name great. And so we would that Abram, which means exalted father, Exalted father, God would give him a new name, Abraham, which is father of a multitude, father of a multitude. And so that top line, I will bless you with a land, with a nation, with a great name. And then the bottom line, the bottom line, and so you shall be a blessing. What God wanted to do would be to bless a nation to bless a people, and then that people would be a blessing to all the nations. He would bless a nation to bless the world with the blessing of Abraham, which is salvation. And then notice, in particular, through this nation, through Israel, through Abraham's descendants, and in you, in one of your descendants, all the families of the earth will be blessed. One of Abraham's descendants would be the Savior, would be Jesus, who would bring salvation to all the nations. And I love it. Look at what it says to you. It says this, well, not only the nations, but God wants to bless all the families of the earth through Jesus. And in you all the families of the earth. Our God loves to save not just individuals, but families. Don't we see that in the Bible? Don't we see Noah and his family on the ark? 
And don't we see Rahab and her family saved when the walls of Jericho came down? And don't we read about Lydia and her family being baptized or the jailer and his family? Wow, one of Abraham's descendants would bring salvation to all the nations, would be a blessing to all the nations. And so as we look at God's covenant with Abraham, here we see God's unchanging purpose. Listen, don't miss this. God's unchanging purpose. God has been carrying out his unchanging purpose for over 4,000 years. From Abraham all the way today, God pursuing his unchanging purpose. And know what it is? God's unchanging purpose is to save a people for himself from every nation, every tribe, every tongue, every people. What does Jesus invite Abram to be a part of? What does Jesus invite us to be a part of? His over 4,000-year unchanging purpose to save a people for himself from every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. Don't we see that? Don't we see that hinted at in the Old Testament? God's desire to save all the nations. As we read the Old Testament, we come to Rahab. And Rahab was a Gentile, and, and she was brought into the family of God. She was saved. And then we read a little bit more, and we read about Ruth. <clears throat> and she was a Gentile, and she was saved and brought in. And then we read a little bit more, and we see how God sent Jonah to the Ninevites. They were Gentiles. Jonah didn't want to go, did he? Like so many in the Old Testament, like so many Christians today, he loved the top line to be a blessing, but he didn't want to be a blessing. But listen, God sent him anyway, and 120,000 people in Nineveh were saved, right? And then we come to the New Testament, and Jesus, his last command was what? To go and make disciples, what of? What of all the nations, right? Listen, God's unchanging purpose for over 4,000 years has been to save a people for himself through Jesus Christ from every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. And have you ever heard, have you ever read how the story ends? Have you? In Revelation, one day soon, Jesus is coming back and we will celebrate forever that God has accomplished his purpose. Listen to this, Revelation 5, verse 9. And they sang a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the book and to break its seals, for you were slain and purchased with God, for God with your blood. That for all of eternity, when we see Jesus, we will fall down and worship him. Whoever heard? Whoever heard of a God who loves sinners? Whoever heard of a God who would shed his blood for sinners. But isn't that what Jesus did? He shed his blood for you and me. Worthy are you to take the book and to break its seals for you were slain and purchased for God with your blood. Men, notice, from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. And do you know where we're going to spend eternity? Not out on the cloud somewhere, but on earth. Listen to how this goes on. You have made them to be a kingdom and priest to our God and they will reign upon the earth. Every nation, tribe, tongue, and people represented brought back on earth. Don't you look forward to that? Years ago, Karen and I and, and, and Mark and Mary, we spent uh, over a week in Toronto. Our son Nathan was playing on the under-20 national team, and, and the World Cup was, was in Canada, and we're in Toronto. And it was so cool in one town. There was Chinatown. 
and we could go to Chinatown and eat Chinese food and feel like we were in China. And we could go to Italian town and we could eat Italian food and feel like we were in Italy. And we could go to Greek town and eat Greek food and feel like we were in Greece. All these different ethnicities were all in one city. So one day on earth, every nation, every tribe, every tongue and people, while their culture, their music, their food, and we're all there together praising Jesus for purchasing us and celebrating that God has accomplished his purpose, right? Of, of saving a people for himself from every nation, tribe, tongue, people, and nation. So... God calls Abram saying, listen, come, come, come and follow me. And, and if you will, listen, I'll, I'll bless you. I'll give you a name and a land and make you a nation. And I'll, I'll make you a blessing. You'll be a part of bringing salvation to the nations. And, and listen, Abram took that first step. He took that first step. Look at verse 4. So Abram went forth as the Lord had spoken to him. The first step. The first step in joining Jesus, the first step in following Jesus is to believe in Jesus. And Abram believed in Jesus. He believed God's promise. Do you? Oh, listen, the Bible is one story and it's about Jesus. So let's pick back up with Abraham in the New Testament, okay? Let's pick back up with Abraham in the New Testament. He's in the New Testament too. And in Galatians chapter 3, verse 8, the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. So much there. Now, <laughs> I love the Bible, don't you? You know, it smells like Jesus, doesn't it? It smells like God because it's the Word of God. Notice in this verse, the Word of God and God are so closely connected that the Scriptures are spoken of as though the Scriptures were God. Did you see that? The Scripture, God's Word foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. From the beginning, over 4,000 years ago, God's plan was to save Gentiles, to save you and me. Preach the gospel beforehand to Abraham. So how was the gospel preached to Abraham? In this, all the nations will be blessed in you. You see, gospel means good news. And the gospel was preached to Abraham that one day all the nations would be blessed by one of his descendants. <laughs> but listen, one of his descendants would be a savior. But to have a savior being born be good news, then we first must understand what the, the bad news. And listen, Abraham understood the bad news. We have a problem called sin. It's a universal problem for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, right? We've all committed crime after crime against God and we're in big trouble. And once we understand the bad news, we have a problem called sin, we're in big trouble, then the good news is really good, isn't it? That all the nations will be blessed in you, that a Savior has been born. <laughs> and did you know the Savior is fully God, but fully man. And as fully man, he was that seed of Abraham, that descendant of Abraham, who came to bring salvation to all the nations. God the Son put on flesh, lived a perfect life, died on the cross for our sins, rose on the third day and offers us eternal life, eternal life. He offers to forgive all of our sins. He offers us the chance to do life with him and for him and to do eternity with him and for him. And when Abraham heard the gospel, Abraham believed the gospel and received eternal life. 
Look at verse 9. So then those who are of faith are, ble are blessed with Abraham the, what, the believer. Not the worker. How did Abraham receive eternal life? It was by faith. It was by believing in the Savior who was to come, just like we're saved by putting our faith, by believing in the one who has come. Have you? I mean, Jesus... Jesus made it very simple. Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes has eternal life. And so Abraham believed in, in Jesus and he had eternal life. Will you? Will you say, what does it mean to believe in Jesus? It's really simple. It's as simple as A, B, C, where we admit and believe and commit, won't you? It starts when we admit, Jesus, you're right. I've sinned against you and I'm sorry, won't you? And then it's, we believe, Jesus, I believe that you are that, that seed of Abraham, that, that you are God who came to earth and died and rose for me. Will you believe? And then it's, we commit to Jesus as Savior and Lord. I'm not going to trust in my good works anymore, Jesus. I'm going to trust in you and what you did for me. Jesus, be my Savior. Forgive me. Give me eternal life, won't you? I want you to be Lord of my life. Help me be the person you want me to be. Won't you admit, believe, and commit? I'll give you a chance to do that in a few moments as we close in prayer. But Jesus says if we believe, we'll be given eternal life. And that's the first step in following Jesus is to believe in him. And Abraham did. That's why he's called Abraham the believer. But once he believed in him, then when Jesus said, follow me, he began to follow him. And that's why when we read in Genesis 12 verse 4, Abram went forth as the Lord had spoken to him. Jesus said, follow me, and he began to follow him. And listen, when he began to follow him, you know what happened? He was blessed, and he became a blessing. As he began to follow the Lord, listen, he was given a land. He was given a, he became a great nation. His name was made great. And he, he got to join Jesus in helping to bring salvation to all the nations. And so when Jesus says to us, follow me, Will you say yes, like Abraham did, will you? And if we say, well, well, why should I? Jesus says, because you'll be blessed. Don't you want to be blessed? Then follow Jesus. And he said, you'll be a blessing. Don't you want to be a blessing? You will if you follow Jesus, so won't you? So what have we learned so far? We've learned so far that when we follow Jesus, we're blessed and a blessing. We've seen so far that God's unchanging purpose is to save a people for himself, from every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, right? Don't you want to be a part of that? Jesus invites us to be a part of that, won't you? So that leads us to our action step. Our action step. What I want for you, the step for you to take this week as an action step is I want you to enjoy your blessings and I want you to be a blessing. Listen, I want you to grab both lines, the top line and the bottom line. I want you to enjoy your blessings, top line. And then I want you to be a blessing, bottom line, right? Because can we talk? I mean, some of us, we've got our hand on that bottom line, don't we? I mean, we serve and serve and we share our faith. We're sharing our faith and we give, but... I mean, sometimes don't we resent those who don't serve as much as we do? Don't we resent sometimes those maybe who don't share their faith like us? Don't we resent sometimes those who don't give like we do? And, and could we say that sometimes 
in our service and being a blessing, we've lost the joy of our salvation. And can we say that sometimes we've left our first love and we're actually more in love with the ministry than we are with Jesus? Is that true? Listen, don't let go of the bottom line. Be a blessing. But this week, I want you to grab the top line too. And I want you to enjoy your blessings. Enjoy your blessings so that you can be a blessing, okay? But can we talk? There's others of us, and we've got a good grip on the top line, right? We enjoy our blessings as Christians, right? We enjoy worshiping the Lord. Oh, man, I can't wait till we get together again, right? But, but man, we enjoy the blessings of the Lord, worshiping the Lord, singing to Him. We enjoy that. And, and we enjoy our small group and being together. And we enjoy getting up and spending time with Jesus. We really enjoy our blessings. But perhaps, can we talk, perhaps we've forgotten to be a blessing. Maybe it's been a while since we've served. Maybe it's been a while since we've shared the gospel with someone. Maybe it's been a while since we've given. Listen, don't let go of the top line. Don't let go of the top. But won't you grab the bottom line? And as you enjoy your blessings, won't you be a blessing? Won't you, won't you serve? Won't you share? Won't you give? And, and you say, well, Smiley, how do we do that? How do we... How do we enjoy our blessings and be a blessing at the same time? So, so let, me, let me coach you a little bit, okay? Let's look at our spiritual blessings first, how we can enjoy our spiritual blessing and, and, and then use them to be a blessing to others. And then we'll look at our material blessings, how we can enjoy our material blessings and use our material blessings to be a blessing to others, okay? So let's look at our spiritual blessings. Oh, how do we enjoy our spiritual blessings and use them to be a blessing? In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, listen to this verse. This is so good. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Listen, are you kind of down? Listen, if you're a Christian, to enjoy our spiritual blessing means we recognize we have already been given every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Isn't that cool? I mean, to enjoy our blessing means that the Christian life, we should be like a little kid on Christmas morning who wakes up and there's all these presents and wants to open them all up. What's next? What's next? So what are our spiritual blessings? The Apostle Paul lists them for us. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. Wow, we've been chosen. He chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. He chose us before we chose him. He knew us and loved us before we ever knew and loved him. We're so blessed, aren't we? He, he chose us to be his forever. In love, he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself. He chose us to be his children. We get a father we get a big brother. We get brothers and sisters. We have a family to belong to. Chosen, adopted, right? Predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself. When was the last time you just said, wow, thank you that I get to be a part of the family of God? According to the kind intention of his will. To the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, 
the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace which He lavished on us. What blessing do we have? The forgiveness of sins. Notice it's lavished on us. (laughs) I mean... How do we tend to measure out forgiveness toward others? Don't we take an eyedropper and we're very careful with forgiving others? Oh, he lavishes forgiveness on us. Our forgiveness comes like a fire hose. When was the last time you just said, thank you for lavishing forgiveness on me? Thank you that I'm forgiven for all of my sins, past and present and future. That's how That's how we enjoy. We enjoy our spiritual blessings, right? He lavished forgiveness on us. In all wisdom and insight, He made known to us the mystery of His will according to His kind intention, which He purposed in Him with a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of the time, that is, the summing up of all things in Christ, things in the heavens and things on earth. In Him also we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to his purpose, who works all things after the counsel of his will, to the end that we who are the first to hope in Christ would be to the praise of his glory. We're given an inheritance. One day soon, Jesus is coming back in our inheritance. We're going to get new bodies. We're going to get new bodies, and heaven is going to come to earth, and we're going to spend all of eternity on a new earth with perfect bodies and no sickness and no death. Don't you look forward to that? Oh, Lord, how thankful I am. The best is yet to come. My best days are in the future, in the past, not in the past. That's our inheritance. When was the last time you thanked him? That's what we're called to enjoy, right? I mean, chosen and adopted and forgiven, an eternal inheritance. And it even gets better and more in him, in Jesus. You also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise. What blessing have we received? The Holy Spirit, the one believers in the Old Testament long for, we've received, who has given us a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of his glory. Man, we've been given the Holy Spirit Why? That's a spiritual blessing. First of all, so that we could know and understand all of our spiritual blessings. So we would know what it means and our hearts would be warm warm to know that we're chosen and adopted and forgiven in our eternal inheritance. But we've also been given the Holy Spirit so that we can be a blessing to others with all the spiritual blessings given to us. Listen to what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. He said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses. He says, listen, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you can take every spiritual blessing I've given to you and you can use that to be a witness to others, to be a blessing to others. You shall be witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. See, that means by the power of the Holy Spirit, when we enjoy enjoy being chosen, we can tell other people, hey, listen, God knows you and loves you and wants you a part of his family forever. When we talk to people and they're lonely, listen, we can say, hey, Jesus wants you to be a part of his family, right? Don't you want to be a part of his family? Jesus has a place for you to belong. When we're talking with people and they're overwhelmed by all of their failures, we can share with them, listen, 
We have found forgiveness. Jesus will lavish forgiveness upon you if you put your faith in him, right? When we talk to people and they're so scared of their coronavirus that they might get sick and die, we have an opportunity to share with them, listen, we have eternal life. Wouldn't you like to live forever on a perfect earth with no death? You can. You see? To enjoy your spiritual blessings is to enjoy them. And to be a blessing is to take every blessing we've had and use it as a way to bless others. So that's our spiritual blessings. But what about our material blessings? What about our material blessings? We can do that too. Let me show you. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, this verse is so good. Listen. Instruct those who are rich in this present world. Now before you tune me out, listen, he's speaking about you and me. If you have more food than you're going to eat today, I remember what Jesus said, give us this day our daily bread. If you have more food than you're going to eat today, you're rich. If you have more clothes on than you have on now, then you're rich. If you own a car, you're rich. He's speaking about Americans. Instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches. We've certainly learned that, haven't we? I mean, our stocks can go away. We can lose our... Don't fix your hope on riches, but on God. Fix your hope on God. Notice, who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. Every material blessing we have has been given by God to us that we would enjoy them. Do you enjoy what you have? God wants you to. But listen, he also wants us not only to enjoy our material blessings, but to use our material blessings to bless others. Instruct, though, instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, storing up for yourselves the treasures of a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is life indeed. So with material blessings, we are to enjoy them. God gave us them to us to enjoy, but also use them to bless others. Maybe you say how. Oh, Pete and Laura Corwin, they're, they're good friends of ours from way back. They were members at Spanish, Spanish River Church, and, um, and they had a boat, and, and they really enjoyed their boat. But they not only enjoyed their boat, they used their boat to be a blessing to others. So many people at Spanish River church many years ago. If you met them, why they went to Spanish River, they would say, well, the first Sunday we came here or the second, we met Pete and Laura Corwin and they invited us out on their boat. You see, they blessed people with their boat. <laughs> Matter of fact, Karen and I, our first date was on their boat. That's right. I, I invited Karen. They had invited me out on their boat. So Karen and I went uh, out on their boat on Lake Ida in Delray and, um, and Karen could ski, check, uh, that was important. Karen looked great in a bathing suit, checked all the important things were there. You won't believe this. Let me drift a little bit. On our first date, not only did we go water skiing on Lake Ida, but we went to a soccer game, a professional soccer game in Lockhart Stadium in Fort Lauderdale. We went to this soccer game and watched a professional soccer game. And little did we know that 20, 25 years later, we would be back in the same stadium in Fort Lauderdale watching our son Nathan playing on the junior national team, playing a soccer game as a professional soccer player. Amazing. But it all started on a boat because Pete and Laura enjoyed their blessing, but they used their boat to be a blessing to others. We can do that too. 
What about our homes? If God has blessed us with a home or a place to rent, we can enjoy that, right? We can enjoy having a place to live, but we can also use that to be a blessing to others, can't we? I mean, we can open our, our home to small group, can't we? When we open up our home to small group, aren't we blessing others with our blessing? Or even better, you know what we can do with our home? We could become a small group leader, and we could lead our small group and use our small group to bless others, couldn't we? Or what of our neighbors? Can't we use our home to reach out to our neighbors, to invite them over for dinner, or to invite them over to play cards? Can't we use our home to bless our neighbors? See, that's what we can do with our possessions and with our home and, and with our money. Listen, God richly supplies us with all good things to enjoy. He wants us to enjoy the money He gives us. Well, what do you mean He gives us? Did you know the Bible says that God gives us the ability to make wealth? That we didn't choose to be born when we were in America. I mean, we could have been born in Pakistan, right, in the year 500, and then we wouldn't have what we have, right? But God is the one who, who caused us to be born now. He's the one who gives us the ability to make wealth. And, and when we make money, He wants us to enjoy that, but He also wants us to use it to be generous, right? And so when we're generous, and we bring our tithes, and we bring our offerings, and, and we invest in the local church and in others, we're a part of bringing the blessing of Abraham, salvation to all the nations, right? That's how we use our material possessions, both to be blessed and to be a blessing, right? You ever, you ever wonder what you're going to do maybe when you retire and I kind of think of what I'm going to do, my dream job after the elders put me out to pastor, say, you know, you're too old. And you know what my dream job is? I'm going to be a cheesecake taster at the Cheesecake Factory. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be a cheesecake taster at the Cheesecake Factory. Do you like cheesecake? Man, I love cheesecake. And here's what I dream my, my here's what I dream my dream job will be. Every morning, I'm going to go in the Cheesecake Factory and get something like this. Look at this. I mean, I can feel sugar going through my blood vessels just looking at, can't you? Adam's peanut butter cup fudge ripple cheesecake. Oh, I mean, isn't that amazing? I can't wait for that, right? Or, or how about this? How about uh, Snickers? How about Snicker bar chunks and cheesecake? I mean, don't you just want to go and get it? And so my dream job is that every morning I would wake up, go to the Cheesecake Factory, go in, and eat a piece of cheesecake. And, and then as I enjoy it, I would go out front and I would scream and everybody goes by, you've got to come in this morning. I ate this piece of cheesecake. It was Adam's peanut butter cup fudge ripple cheesecake. You've got to come and taste. You've got to come in and taste it. Or this morning, this morning, man, I ate Adam, or I ate uh, Snickers chunk and cheesecake. You've got to come. You've got to come. And then I thought, I've already got that dream job. And so do you. You know what it means to enjoy your blessings and be a blessing? Every morning, I get to get up and have breakfast with Jesus. And you know what he serves me? The bread of life. You too. See, every morning we can eat the bread of life. Jesus said if we would eat, we would never hunger again. And after we eat, then we can go out into the streets and say, listen, you've got to come. You've got to come. You've got to eat the bread of life Jesus offers. It satisfies like nothing else. 
And every morning when I have breakfast with Jesus and you do, you know what he offers us to drink? Living water. Living water. Nobody said that if we would drink, we would never thirst again. Do we wake up every morning and drink living water? And as we go through the day, do we invite everyone we meet? You've got to come. You've got to come. This morning I drank living water. Don't you want it? What a dream job, right? So this week, Let's take our one hand, right? And let's grab the top line. Let's enjoy. Let's enjoy your blessings, right? And then the bottom line, with the bottom line, let's be a blessing, okay? Let's be a blessing this week. Let's pray. Jesus, we are so glad. We are so glad that you came to seek and save sinners. We're so thankful that you died on the cross for our sins and rose and you offer us eternal life. And and listen, if you've never understood the gospel before, you've never received this gift, won't you receive this gift now? Won't you, where you are, just admit to Jesus, Jesus, I've sinned against you and I'm sorry. And won't you believe, won't you tell Jesus, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose. And won't you commit to him, Jesus, come in and and be my Savior, and and forgive me of my sins, and, and give me eternal life. I want you to be Lord of my life, and help me be the person you want me to be. Oh, won't you? Jesus said if we would believe, we would have eternal life. And Lord, I pray for those of us who who have believed in you, that when we hear you this week saying, follow me, that we would that we would enjoy our material blessings and we would use them to be a blessing to others, that this week we would enjoy our spiritual blessings and use them to be a blessing to others. Lord, I pray we would each wake up this week and and eat the bread of life and drink living water and go out and invite others to come and eat and come and drink. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, hey, thank you so much for, for being with us today. If you, if you put your trust in Christ for the first time this week, won't you let us know? The way you can let us know is by uh, texting ABC, texting ABC to this number. If you do that, then I would love to pray for you and rejoice with you. When you tell others, Jesus will be more real to you. Hey, thank you for joining us online. We can't wait till we get to do this together. But we'd love to see you next Sunday. Uh, So let me send you out this week to both enjoy and being a blessing by filling you with hope, okay? Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.